I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello to all of you business artists listening out there. We're back with Elisa to continue our conversation about staying authentic to you and what big picture decisions have propelled Elisa's art career. Take a listen to our last episode if you haven't already, but otherwise, let's jump back in. Instagram is a social media platform. It is social. So many artists come to us and they say, how do I get more followers? This idea of more followers equals more people buying my art equals success. That's not the way to play the game. You be authentic. You be yourself. You go on there, socialize with other people. That's what it's about. If you don't want to be using it for that, there are plenty of other ways to get your art out there besides being on social media. So like you said, you love your Instagram page. You make it fun. If it's fun for you, do it. If it's not... Do something else with your art. Like if you hate Instagram and you you find it to be a, a bother, then you shouldn't be doing it. You know, like you don't like Facebook. If you don't like Pinterest, just focus on the thing that you love and cultivate it. I think that's really, you know, like I've spent two years cultivating my Instagram and just making it something that I'm proud of. And, you know, I, I enjoy like matching up my pictures and making sure that my captions make people happy and that's what I do on there. And that's, that's what got me a, a, fo- a pretty nice following. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's, it's so valuable. And then the rewards, the things that you ultimately do want to achieve from it will come after that organic, authentic effort that you put into it and that engagement that you put into it. So that's super valuable. Now, I just thought of another, we'll put number four, fourth lesson. Yes. <laughs> the thing I'm talking about is asking for the sale. So many artists are not business minded, right? We focus on art. We're embarrassed about money. Like, I feel like there's a business gene that people have who are really good at like manipulating money and stuff and other people have to learn it. And the thing that I learned was that if you just ask for the sale, if you tell somebody, Hey, I have this artwork, would you like to buy it? It works, right? If you give people the option, if they know an artwork is available, it's not as scary once you do it. Ask for the sale. I have this artwork. Would you like to buy it? Or look at this artwork I've been working on. It will be for sale soon. Would you like to be on the waiting list? Or would you like to sign up for my mailing list? Or would you like to be part of my contest? Just ask for the thing that you want. You won't always get it, right? I'll post stuff and I'll be like, hey guys, this painting's available. Okay. At that moment, the eyes that saw it were not interested or didn't have the money to afford it, or it just wasn't going to happen. Let that become less scary. And Instagram is a really good place to practice that because it's not as scary because you're behind your Instagram, but you can, you can manage and check the analytics. Like if if you ask the question, see how people respond to it and learn from that. Like when you do something, check on it. Did that thing work? You know, like sometimes I'll put up like something funny. Did, Did people respond to funny? Did people respond to serious? I know what my, what my following loves to hear from me. And so I give it to them. I give the people what they want but I do it in a very sincere and authentic way. If today I don't have a story to tell you, I'm not going to make one up just to tell you a story. I will wait until I sincerely have a story. But yeah, ask for the sale. I think that's like so important. I think people are like, they forget that, that they think that they just throw up a picture and they're like, oh, look, I'm, I made a painting. Okay, but that means nothing to anybody unless you ask for the sale. Yeah, especially on a platform like Instagram, there's 
so many artists that someone follows, like any individual, and not every single artist out there is trying to sell their work even. So if you don't ask for that sale, if you don't make it clear what it is, like what is kind of the end goal, so to speak, of having your art in someone else's home, that's a a, a part at least of why you want to make your art. And if you don't let people know that that's what it is, they might just think that you're putting pictures up and that you just want to share something cool. Yes, that's part of it. But if you're an artist who actually does sell their art, make it clear you're going to stand out from everyone else that they're seeing. And the next time that person, even if they're not ready for a sale immediately, the next time they are looking to buy art, you're going to be top of mind. I have another one. People take a long time to make decisions. So you might forge a relationship with somebody today. Don't forge your relationships based on a sale. Like if somebody comes new to you and they send you a DM, the first thing out of your mouth shouldn't be, hey, you want to buy my art. It should be getting to know them as a friend. Yeah. You, you could gain a really great friend just having a conversation and then maybe they'll buy your art later. So this expectation that everything is a sale is wrong. You're on there because you're cultivating people and relationships. And somebody might be thinking about buying a painting and it could take them a year. Once they're your collector, they might buy lots of things from you. So just have patience that people are looking in sales. What is the number? It takes like 12 times before somebody buys something. Like they have to see it like 12 times before they pull the trigger. Don't let your self-worth as an artist be diminished because you posted something and it didn't get bought immediately. Finding your self-collection, the 12 paintings that I made. Yeah. The first night that I showed them, they sold like four or five of them sold, but then it took me a year to sell the rest. And there were people who were like looking at it and then they were like, yeah, I want to buy it, but not yet. Not yet. And it took like a whole year to sell like all 12 paintings in the collection, but it happens. So we live off of this idea that we need instant gratification. And I'm, I'm also guilty of it. And it's taken time for me to overcome this idea that, you know, if people don't like something, that's, it makes me like less worthy. No, like you should be creating for you, what you like and put up things that you like, not what you want other people to like. So like my page, my page has a very consistent theme, right? There's Venus of Willendorf with her big boobs. I have plants. I put up pictures of, you know, I'm always like putting up pictures of ladies' bodies. And because that's what I'm, my brain is obsessed with. When I see those images, I, I like them. And that's what I want to put up. And the people who want to like those things will like it. I don't go through and say, oh, what am I going to post on Instagram today that like James will like or somebody else will like. Just post what the things that you like, even if they're quirky or weird or it's artwork that you should never create artwork for other people. Like you shouldn't be creating for your audience. You mu- I created my paintings because they were what my brain wanted me to paint and I put them and I, I just painted what I wanted to paint and people like them. And there's some paintings that didn't sell and there's a lot of paintings that did sell, but it's the, the thing sold because I didn't care what other people thought. I painted what I wanted to paint. Do it and people will follow you. Yeah. And I mean, you're not going to be able to please everyone anyway, you know, please please yourself. And then there's going to be enough people who share interests as you. And then those will be the people you get along with and who want to follow you. you. So make yourself happy and the correct people who are supposed to be around you will. And if that means the right collectors and the right followers, I have tons of followers who don't buy my work. 
but they're like my number one supporters. They're the people who share my work. They're the ones who repost my work. They're the ones who tell everybody about my work. And that is just as valuable as somebody purchasing your work. Believe it or not, you need those cheerleaders who are constantly, I have like a set group of people who like consistently share my work, share my work. How do you think you get new followers by people seeing it through outside avenues on Instagram? So find value in all those little things that every day like add and add and add and add. Yeah, I really like this example, what you're saying now about the people who share your work instead of buying it. And then what you're saying before about how uh, when you had that series of, of 12 pieces, you sold five or six immediately and then the rest took a year. You know, in a sales funnel, you're going to have some people who are ready for that purchase immediately. You're going to have people who they need time, they need nurturing. You don't want to just ignore them because they're not ready to buy something from you immediately. You still should keep in touch with them, keep the relationship up. And again, you'll be top of mind when they are ready. I have a woman on my Instagram who I became friends with. Like she's my Canadian BFF. I love her. She started following me because she liked my artwork. But you know, you have those relationships online where like people are your BFF. So um, she put herself on the strict budget but she wants to include light art in her life. So she made it known that one of her paintings is my favorite, one of my originals. And she told me, she was like, Elise, I would love to have that, but like just today is not the day. I can't afford it today. She's like, when I look at my budget, I can afford it next July. So I put it aside for her. Like I told her, I was like, that painting is now yours. Like it's put aside and it will be yours. So just have faith in people and have trust in people. Like money will come. But that relationship that I built with her, letting her know that like I trust her and that I could make the money today if somebody else bought it, but I don't want to do that. I want to build the relationship with her and she will have it. It's also important, like the placement of your artwork, like where is your art going? I'm selective about who has my originals. I want to know that it's going to a home that is going to display it and talk about it and cherish it and not put it in the garage. Like at some point when they're bored of it, I want somebody who has a connection with the artwork. So she's willing to save her money for a year to have my piece. It's going to be hers. Build those relationships because your collectors are going to be people who are going to be in your life for a long time. One of my top collectors, she purchased my work without never ever seeing it. She saw it on, through digital. She, she purchased like my first ever paintings, large paintings. And she purchased them from seeing them online because she trusted that they would be beautiful. She continuously purchases stuff. She's just an art lover. She rotates her art. She reframes it. She, she decorates rooms. You know, I know that I, the loyalty that we have built is for a long time. So you don't want to have a lot of like onesies where people like buy one thing and like you never hear from them again. Those small purchases that people make, like they'll buy a small work on paper or they'll buy a print or I offer like postcards and these beautiful sets that if people can't afford large art, not everybody has a lot of money. So you have to be really grateful when somebody buys a piece of art because it's a luxury item. It's something special. I offer lots of options so that everybody can have art. But those small purchases usually lead to larger purchases because if somebody's loyal and loves your artwork and it makes them feel good, They'll keep thinking about you and they keep, you know, you keep that relationship alive. And eventually that's how you're going to build like this group of collectors that you can count on when you have like a big sale and you say, Hey guys, like I'm having that special sale that shouldn't be happening all the time. It diminishes your work. I feel like if somebody's always paying full price and you're constantly diminishing the price, 
that one time or two times a year that you have that big sale, your collectors that you've cultivated will be like, wow, let me grab some stuff. And, you know, you have revenue throughout the year. I mean, it ends up being something that they look forward to. And I I could have an entire uh, podcast episode about uh, why every artist should have a CRM, which is a customer relationship management tool, but at least make a sticky note, have like a notebook or something where you just keep track of who your biggest collectors are, your biggest supporters, your biggest, you know, cheerleaders, whatever they are, and keep in touch with them because they will continue to support you, whether it's through actual art purchases, whether it's through just moral support, sharing on social media, whatever it is. If you keep in touch with them, they will help support you the way that you're helping support them in whatever it is that you're doing. So, you know, I take all the lessons that I learned being a pharmacist, right? When I graduated pharmacy school, nobody awarded me or I was not entitled to a book of patients. I earned my patients. I earned my patients. When I started um, the pharmacy company, when I left, we were at like $38 million in revenue. It was like this really big operation. I was licensed in seven states. We were delivering medication like to the whole region of, of the Northeast. I started that company doing one prescription a night. I worked Fridays and Saturdays at night. I would do, we opened the doors and we would celebrate one prescription And I would send a text message to the team and be like, guys, one lady came in and I talked to her and she's going to bring in her her family. And guess what? She brings in the family and next week we have seven prescriptions. And guess what? I continued to talk to this lady and I built a relationship with her. I didn't just want her prescriptions. I wanted her loyalty. I wanted her to trust me to know that I was the pharmacist that she could trust, that she could come to, that she could bring her family to, that she knew she can count on. And guess what? 12 years later, the the company that I worked for was this big company that had tons of loyalty because that was the culture of the pharmacy. The culture was that we cared for you and your family and we took care of you. And so the loyalty was a circle. People would bring their prescriptions to us and tell their friends about us. And, And it's the same business ideas in any business. You're building a relationship with people. If you don't like to build relationships with people, you might have difficulty in sales. Like it's, yeah. it's going to be hard. The more authentic you are at this, the better you'll be. I love to do that. Like at Superfine, when I showed at Superfine, people who were from my, I had a girl fly up from Miami because she wanted to see Pizza Girl. So she flew up and she was like, at least I had to meet you because I needed to see Pizza Girl. I don't know, maybe like 10 people on opening night come and they were like, Elisa, we need to hug you. Because <laughs> they felt the hugs through the Instagram and they wanted to meet me and hug me. I hug my collectors. Now in COVID, it's a different story. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to know how people are doing. I want to know how the art is making them feel. I want to I know about the whole, the whole aspect of the art. Like, is it in your living room? Like, who's seeing it? What stories have you told about it? The collectors become part of your story. They're important. I have a collector, actually, I won't say his name, but a mutual collector that we both uh, know who just had a baby. You know, he had a close circle of people that he gave that information to, and I was on that list. He met me once (laughs) through social media. He's one of my friends. He is a beautiful person. I've learned, I know all about his family, and I see his pictures, and, you know, I send him a gift for the baby, and 
you know, I want to be part of that. And he sends me videos of my artwork next to her bassinet. And she shows me pictures of the baby with the artwork. That artwork is now part of that baby's life. That is how you build strong relationships and make sales. Not all the superficial fancy stuff that you, you think it is. It's being human. And your artwork is just a reflection of your humanity it's a reflection of your experiences and the people who connect with it are the people who are going to have that emotional, they're going to evoke such an emotion in them that they want it because they feel that it, it's part of them. And so you keep cultivating these circles of energy around the human beings that love your work and you will be successful. Even if you're not a blue chip artist and you're not in a museum and you don't have a hundred thousand million followers, that is how you should be measuring your success. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of artists, a lot of people in general who are trying to sell something, but, you know, with artists too, look at nurturing relationships as this very exhausting, strenuous, time-consuming thing that you have to do. I would argue that business, an artist business, a pharmacy business, like you were saying, that's built upon loyalty and relationships is the least stressful because really the hard thing is finding new people you know, once you've found some people to sell to them again, or to, you know, keep them in your orbit by, you know, caring about them is super easy, even if you have to keep in touch with them and chat with them. Like it's, it's so worth it, because it's like having regulars at a restaurant that that ends up being a huge amount of your revenue, because they keep coming back, you don't have to market and find them again and again. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree with that. So, Elisa, uh, just shifting gears a little bit, you've shown in a few art fairs, including ours, which we mentioned before. And I wanted to ask, what is your experience with art fairs? I uh, love and, them. And I love them too, obviously. If I didn't love them, I wouldn't be being authentic. We exactly. would cancel this podcast. So what is your experience with art fairs overall? And what are the major ways that artists can make the most out of their art fair experience? Okay. Art fairs are exhausting. <laughs> they are high energy. They're long, right? You're there for yes. hours. And they're exhausting because you are putting all of yourself out there and there's no place to hide. Your art is there. You are there. It's all up to you. You're on stage, but it's exhilarating for me at least. A lot of people have contacted me after Superfine and they want to know my experience. They want to know like my advice. Do not go in there with the expectations that you are going to become a millionaire. Like, you know, you're going to become the star of the show or you're going to sell all your wall or no, the art fair's purpose is to give you a place to display your work to take really cool pictures, to be seen, to talk to new people, to forge new relationships, to gain access to people that you would never have met before, to get into magazines, to have your picture taken. It's all of these things. It's not just, I'm going to an art fair because I have to sell my art. No. The reason I met the girls from Create Magazine was because I met them through, through Superfine, right? I didn't know it that night right? They came through to the booth. They said, hi, they took cookies, but it didn't happen that night. A few weeks later, I got an email saying, Hey, Lisa, this is Alicia. I met you at Superfine. I would like to write an article about you, right? So it's all these trickle effects that come from the exposure that you get. You know, if you are an, a new artist, an, uh, an emerging artist, it's really hard. Like, where are you going to display your work? You can't get into a gallery immediately. 
Sometimes you might not even want to get into a gallery immediately. Sometimes you can do your own sales without the gallery. And if you're an emerging artist, you're not going to have a gallery immediately. A lot of people emailed me because they're like, oh, is it worth the money? Am I going to make my money back? You have to go in with a plan, right, of what you're going to sell. And I know that James and Alex give a lot of tips, right? The same tips that I took from them, everybody's going to get. And if you use them and apply them appropriately, you will be successful. But you have to define what success is. If success to you means I sell out my whole wall, you might be disappointed because you might not sell out your whole wall. And you have to really think about like, what are your goals for being at the art fair? For me, I sold art at Superfine. I believe I broke even. Maybe I I made a little bit more than breaking even, which I was happy with, right? I didn't expect that it was going to be this phenomenal sale. Nobody knew who I was. I was the first time I was showing my work. But I left with feeling really grateful that people saw my work and I, it boosted my confidence. People, strangers coming up to me wanting to take pictures with me and my work and getting into magazines and stuff. That was like a huge boost of confidence, especially for an upcoming out, you know, emerging artist. As you become well-known and people like are looking for you at the fairs, then that's when you can get more business-like and like set yourself a plan for what are you going to sell? Who are you targeting? Ahead of time, you will target your collectors. You'll let them know you're there. You'll try to sell as much as you can. And, you know, you can set your goal. If you want to make $10,000 that day and you set a goal for it and you make it, then that's success. But if you go in there with this idea that money is the only thing that matters at an art fair, I don't believe that that's setting yourself up for success. There's so much that can come out of being part of an art fair. You also meet tons of artists. I remember I was next to a booth with a bunch of really cool artists. I made new friends. They were like uh, mentoring me. They were like, yeah, I did this last year. You should do this, this, and this. Like, you know, I met um, some gallerists that gave me tips on how to price my work. You're going to just learn things that you're not going to learn on Instagram or through a book. I don't know, like my switch turns on when I'm in front of that environment. I'm in that environment. I just, it, it, get, it does it for me. For some people, it's torture. Some people to be in that environment is absolute torture. Like they're introverts who don't want to talk to people. They're embarrassed talking about their art. They maybe don't feel like confident and they don't feel worthy to even be in front of their art. And so it's torturous. And you have to think about that. Like, is that an environment that you will flourish in? If not, then like figure out what you can do to make it better. Maybe you can bring an assistant with you, somebody who can talk to people and help you and kind of make you feel comfortable. Maybe you don't do it because it's so torturous, right? But you have to think about these things and what your expectations are for the fair. For me, I think it's so fun. Like, I love it. Absolutely. I think this connects really nicely to what we were talking about before, you know, with that whole sales funnel and understanding what this trickle down effect is. And you're going to have people at a fair who are ready to buy on the spot. That is a part of it. Like you said, you you sold art during the fair, but then making those relationships that last a lot longer. Anytime I touch base with an artist several months or, or a couple years after they've been in Superfine, there's so many other things besides just the in-fair sales that they've benefited from because of the fair. Commissions, other sales, meeting the friend of a collector who then ultimately bought something, just getting media articles about them. There's so many opportunities besides just those sales that happen in those four days of the fair, especially when your art is so personal 
and it's something that's going on someone's wall for hopefully years to come, there's four days of the fair. <laughs> uh, not everyone is going to be ready for that. They sometimes need to think about it. And if you are smart, and like you said, you received a phone call from me, pretty much every artist, unless they apply out of the blue, receives a phone call from someone on the Superfine team, making sure that it seems like a right fit for them, that you know their goals line up with what the fair offers. And also, like you said, just making sure that the fair is the right environment for them, uh, because it is it can get really intense. But if there's that fit and you have the, the right goals going into it, then it can be a super valuable experience. So Elisa, uh, we're getting close to the end here, um, but I wanted to ask you, what is one more top word of advice that you have for an artist out there who's looking to find their strength with their art, looking to get out there with their art? What would you tell them? Have meaning behind what you make. Like, Think about what your purpose is. Like, what is the purpose behind the art that you make? Is it aesthetic? You just want to make beautiful things? Does it have deep meaning? Be vulnerable with who you are and what you make. I think that's where you hit the hot, the hit, you hit the spot. That was the advice that I was given by my best friend. Put yourself out there and put yourself out to the point where it's almost a little bit uncomfortable and that might be like the sweet spot. But people want, deep connections. That is where everything happens. It's in that deep connection with another person. So be authentic with your messaging. So it's easy to spot artists that are like inauthentic or like you can tell that they're like covered in a capsule of not showing who they really are. And like you can tell like based on their art that they're not really showing us the true that to them. They're showing us what they want to show us. But if you really delve into yourself and just be vulnerable and paint as if nobody's looking at it. I think that's where people will like spark and be like, Ooh, like who is that? What is happening there? Like that is what I want to be part of. I think that is a really great way to wrap it up. Be authentic with your message, have a message, have a meaning, but make sure you're also authentic with that meaning. If the meaning for you is just, you love color and you, you want to make beautiful things. That's fine. Yeah. Don't, don't try and insert some, Oh yes, this means blah, 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 you know, whatever the, if if that's not what it means, if it really is just the color and you love it, talk about that because creating some fake meaning, it's not going to get you far. I think that's so important. Thank you so much, Elisa. And to all of you business artists out there, Elisa has been here giving us so much valuable advice going into the details of what so many artists think about, so many questions they have. I think it's been incredibly valuable talking to you, Elisa, right now. As an artist myself, I, I'm also just feeling inspired. And then, you know, I want to go make some art now. But uh, yeah. My booth was right across from James's at Superfly. We did. We were neighbors. And Elisa did have quite the gorgeous booth. She had, again, so many plants in it. And I'm just, I'm a sucker for plants. So all of you out there listening, uh, you definitely want to make sure to check out Elisa's work. It is stunning. You can connect with her and follow her on Instagram at Elisa Valenti Studio. And that will be spelled out in the show notes. Or you can visit Elisa. Check out my new website. It was just redesigned and it's gorgeous. You beat me to it. Uh, you got to visit www.alisavalentistudio.com. If you know how to spell one of these two, you can spell both because they are the same and that's easy. 
as always. Uh, tip of the day, keep it easy for yes. your collectors. Yes, please keep it easy. Um, you don't need to have a different username for everything that you're on. Just, just make it easy and consistent. And as always, to keep it simple on our end, we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. And if you want to give us a quick hello or learn more about how to apply for uh, an exhibit at one of our upcoming fairs around the United States, uh, you can also drop us a line at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. That is artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world, and will also be in the show notes. As always, I'd like to end the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And the quote is, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. That is Oscar Wilde. Alisa, it has been such a pleasure having you with us. Everyone have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. We've been loving your feedback and are so glad that you are finding the podcast helpful. If you have a spare minute, we would love if you reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the artist business plan. It really helps other artists discover the podcast who are also looking to level up their careers. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world. at superfine.world.